Uh, well, it's his approach. I mean, he's a play to win the game kind of guy. Um, personally, I'd like to see guys like Marcus Smith play a little bit more in, in games like this. Maybe activate a guy like uh, your fifth round pick, uh, Taylor Hart. Um, you know, maybe get Jalen Watkins in there, get him just and, and and even not just to evaluate them, but just to kind of get them some game action in in you know. I mean, it's, it's it's kind of an irrelevant game, but uh, certainly um, against NFL talent. So uh, I think there's some there's some there's something to be gained by by playing guys and you know rookies in, in games where they otherwise might not get as much playing time or any at all. Uh, but obviously that's not his philosophy. Uh, but yeah, that that's the personally if, if if it were up to me, I would play some of the younger guys absolutely. There are so many reasons why this team just fell off the railing where the hinges just came unglued over the last three weeks. But I'm interested to hear what you look at, the major catalyst as to why this team just came unglued the way they did in those final three games, or in those last three games, I should say. Yeah, I mean, the obvious thing, and and this this wasn't even just the last three games, but it was a season-long problem with the turnovers. And uh, I'm not sure if any teams caught up to them over this weekend, but when the game was over on Saturday, the Eagles not only led the league in turnovers, but they led the league in interceptions thrown and fumbles lost. So, like it was a it was a clean sweep across the board. And it, it was basically like the triple crown of turnovers that they had. So you're not going to win many games when you have that. And there were there were like and I did this stat before this week's game. So again, I don't know if it changed at all, but there were like uh, there were like seven or eight teams that had a worse point differential than the Eagles and the combined record of, of those teams was 20 and 80. So like you have a 200 wow. winning percentage. If you have a, if you had a turnover differential, that was worse than the Eagles this season. It was, it was, yeah, it was 20 and 80. So, um, I mean, you just can't turn the ball over that much. They turned the ball over 35 times this year. Last year, that was a strength of theirs where they only turned the ball over 19 times all season. Um, and then the other thing this year was, just the big plays that they gave up on defense. I mean, Billy Davis talked today. He noted that they were top five in the NFL in sacks and in uh, posing uh, completion percentage, and I think he noted that they were, like, top ten in uh, uh, completion percentage against, and, you know, he was, he was quick to note the big thing that they killed him this year were big plays. And if you look at it, they gave up, I think, 66 plays of 20-plus yards uh, through – Week 16, and that was the most in the NFL by a pretty comfortable margin heading into the Sunday game. So again, I don't know if anyone caught them, but I would, ima- I would have to imagine that they still lead the league in, in, in that in that total, which is just really kind of unacceptable. I mean, what's happened, I think, with the Eagles' games so far, or not so far, but what, what happened with their games this season is even in games that they lost, I think there's an argument to be made that they outplayed some of the teams that that, that they lost to but were just killed by some kind of devastating play, whether it be a turnover or just a big play given up on the back end. And really, that's, that's just the biggest thing that killed them this year. Was, were just They had so many just huge, devastating plays against them, and that's the difference between being 9-6 and six and potentially having a, uh, you know, I mean, if they beat Dallas, obviously they, they have that, that, that they, they all but have the division wrapped up. And uh, I mean, so there's going to be a nine and six, and you know, at a minimum, playing a relevant game week week seventeen. Jimmy, I've I've seen some reports that uh, players were saying Bradley Fletcher took first team reps today. 
Do you think there's any way that he starts on on Sunday against the Giants? Uh, yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get that. <laughs> to be to be perfectly honest, uh, you know, if he didn't start, then then Noel Carroll would be would be the guy who starts. And you know, again, I think there's logic in playing a guy like Noel Carroll over Bradley Fletcher. I mean, why wouldn't you? If you have Noel Carroll locked up for at least the 2015 season, Bradley Fletcher is going to be a free agent. And are they really going to bring Bradley Fletcher back? So I don't understand why he'd play a guy like Bradley Fletcher um, in the final game of the 2014 season when he's probably not going to be on the team anymore. So, yeah, I mean, if, if he does start, I don't, I don't, see, I don't really see much much logic in that. Uh, but, if you know, if, if he did get first-team reps, then, uh, I mean, that would be an indicator that he is going to play. So, But, you know, I, again, I, that, that would be something that I, that I would not agree with personally. Jimmy, we've asked our uh, listeners to kind of be uh, thinking outside the box in terms of ways that they might try to move up in the draft. Do you think that everything is on the table at this point for for Howie Roseman and for Chip Kelly? Would they consider trading away LaShawn McCoy and draft picks or or Nick Foles and draft picks even to get potentially Marcus Mariota? I don't think they have any chance in the world of getting up to get Marcus Mariota. That is, if Marcus Mariota is um, considered... I mean, okay, so... There, there are two different ways to look at Marcus Mariota. Is he going to be a guy that NFL personnel people view as sort of like a top five type pick? So you look, so a couple of years ago, you have a guy like Geno Smith. A lot of people said, oh, it's the, you know, the tank for Geno. <laughs> He's going to be like the, right. the number one overall pick, and then he goes in the second round. So a lot can happen between now and when, he, and when the draft actually rolls around. But if Marcus Mariota, and that's a long disclaimer to get to the point here, but Marcus Mariota, <laughs> if he is viewed by NFL personnel people as like a top five kind of pick, I don't think they have any chance in the world of getting up that high. And the reason why is because they won too many games this year without you know without making the playoffs. So they're going to be picking right around 20 or 21 or somewhere in that range. And if you look at all the teams who will be picking ahead of them, I mean, more than half of them, you could make a really legitimate argument that, that they'll be targeting a quarterback or could be targeting a quarterback. And if you're a team, say, drafting in the top five, right off the bat, the Eagles are not that appealing an option to trade back with because the best that you're getting in terms of a draft pick back from them is, like, the 20th overall pick. So you're going to move back all the way from two or three or four or one or whatever whatever it is to move all the way back to 20. The Eagles are going to have to put together just an insane package to get up that high. And really, I don't know how many people really want to trade for, for a guy like Sean McCoy and the, and the contract that he has. And um, I mean, we'll, I mean we'll, we'll see how it all plays out, but I just don't think it's realistic that the Eagles can get up that high to draft a, a player like Marcus Mariota because so many teams ahead of them are going to be just as equally motivated to get a quarterback and they're going to have better assets to trade away to make it happen.